Welcome to OA50. That men are capable of drawing out or stimulating, because we are. Think about the hot topics in relationships. It was on my show. great start. Anyway, ran this concept by my wife. And um, it's like it just splashed cold water on her face because she thought with polarity that uh, I was going to be discussing sex, intimate details of our relationship. And um, and I am. No, I'm not. But I'm going to try my best to make a lot of implications. So all that said, I uh, Polarity, what do I mean by it? So there's a theory that just like with magnets, we have a magnetism both within us and between us as humans that is polarized um, so that you either draw closer or further apart, just like a magnet or two magnets, based on masculine and feminine energy. Let me caveat this to say I am by no means an expert on this. And quite frankly, given the theory, I don't think anybody is. It's really a theory. And a lot, I think probably a lot of people, particularly in the scientific community, chalk it up as voodoo. Um, But I got very interested in it, kicked off really with a book I read. I can't even remember how I stumbled on it. It's called No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover, Dr. Robert Glover. And um, it really spoke to me as a guy who was raised by a very small family tree probably could be better characterized as a twig and every branch on it is women. It's all women. At least who I was raised by there. There, of course, men counterpart counterparts who existed, um, but largely absent from most of my childhood and even young adult life. Um, I was very, heavily influenced in the feminine and I wasn't tapping a lot of my masculine energy. And so when I was reading this book, it really spoke to me because I could see how that was manifesting in my own personality. I could also see what was manifesting in our relationship. And because there were certain areas where I should be moving forward and probably doing certain things. And I was watching my wife pick up that slack. Now, there are other aspects where I might be 
energizing or stimulating that part of our relationship. And I don't mean just between us. It could be with our kids, just in our relationship and what it touches, um, that sphere of influence. Um, it was reading this book was very helpful in identifying that with me. And then when I was looking at the relationship between us, just thinking about our role playing, who does what, who is contributing to certain aspects, features of our relationship. And so it helped me to step back, really do an inventory of that. And man, it piqued my curiosity. After that, I just started getting audiobook after audiobook after audiobook. And I'm telling you, if you looked at my library, it would look like, oh, man, I was getting everything. So think relationships. Think about the hot topics in relationships. It was on my shelf. Um, but I was very transparent with my wife about that. And she knows I've got a very curious mind. But all those were really for the exercise of this curious notion about polarity and really some other concepts that were put into my mind to help me evaluate some of these aspects of our relationship that I don't want to say they were really tugging at me, but I saw a I was, I was very intrigued on how I could reshape those a little bit and what was in my control. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, and this is not anecdotally. This is the typical hypothetical that's offered early in polarity. But say you got a man, and it could be a woman. I'm just going to use a man for this example. But you got a man in a relationship and he is dissatisfied with the amount of sex, the frequency of sex, and maybe even, even the quality of sex. And when you look at the relationship objectively, you'll see that the man does certain things to try to get sex, maybe what are called covert contracts, where he'll do something, and it's with the expectation that he'll get something in return, something intimate, right? And so it becomes a surrogate for stimulating sex or intimacy naturally. And so what the polarity speaks to is, is that if you've got neutral polarity in the relationship, you're more or less a partner, partnership. And that aspect is stagnant. You do great when it comes to making the business decisions of a relationship, but when it comes to the emotions, the emotive aspects, the intimacy, it's just sterile or lacking. And typically there's an imbalance. Usually one of the two want more of that intimacy than the other. And so what the polarity theory enables someone to do is okay, where am I in that masculine or feminine energy? And so what the guy would do is, is say, when it comes to the relationship and intimacy, what does it really look like? Am I leading? Um, am I nourishing the attraction? 
in our relationship as a man in the relationship? Am I really heightening that masculine energy for myself? Am I doing things? Am I providing security, comfort? And look, I want to be cautious that when I'm talking about this masculine and feminine, it is not assigned to men or women. We each carry that energy. And a lot of how I'm, I'm going to go about this, my approach is going to be from the male perspective because that's what I can speak best from. And so I'm not going to get into any gender issues and I'm going to stick with a man and female relationship. But I want to be clear that this is not boxed into heterosexual relationships. And so the concepts can certainly speak differently based on the context of the relationship. Um, but that requires further reading and a better understanding of your relationship, which is actually one of the tips that I'll give later on is to really evaluate that. But when the man steps back in this relation, this hypothetical, he looks at it, he sees, all right, there are plenty of areas where I'm la lacking that masculine energy or that she is not stimulated in her feminine energy. So it could be that he's not providing that security, things of the masculine trait, or it could be that she's not feeling her feminine, which could be the attraction, the love, some of the spark that's provided in the relationship, even within her, um, and that men are capable of drawing out or stimulating, because we are. When you think back to the beginning of the relationship, there was something that ignited her where she was going to peacock, doll herself up a little bit more than usual, whatever it was, or that courtship. Same with the dude. And so it's trying to tap that flavor again. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're 10 years into a relationship, you got to hit the gym, go to a plastic surgeon, and recreate your physical image. And, and, and that, that was 10 years ago. It's not that at all. We change. Now, it doesn't mean you don't need to pay attention to your well-being and appreciate that that's going to have receptivity from your partner because it is just how it is. We can't ignore, can't put a blindfold on to the, I think the fabric of intimacy in our relationship and what that consists of, what those features are. Part of it is physical attraction. And so we have to pay attention to that. But when that guy steps back and he recognizes that, then there are a couple of things that should happen. One, he's identified areas within himself and with her that could use some work. Two, he is empowered to do something about it. Now, it's as much as I would like to say, and 
the essence of the name of this podcast, you could literally flip a switch on her and flip a switch on him and it all changes. It doesn't work that way. Switch is recognizing it and then doing something about it and with consistent effort and with authenticity. So the objective is constructive and very positive in the relationship, not with some aim of taking it between the four bedposts and that's it. And, and really, I think, objectifying that part of the relationship. Um, now, it doesn't mean can't get weird and do whatever you do. Find your bag but it's consensual and is within the understood parameters of your relationship. So that's what it's all about. And it exists. It's there. Because when I was doing this inventory of my own, I started to make some changes in both myself and how I was behaving in the relationship. And I saw the differences. And so, but it does, it does take work. And I think for, for, for me and probably for others, there is a sense of it being a little bit disingenuine. Like I'm having to work at something which I want to come naturally. But the reality of it is, is that as we naturally fall out of step with who we were at the beginning of the relationship, and the relationship naturally falls out of step with us, that it requires steps to get it realigned. And if, if it's important, it's going to take some work. That sucks. It would be nice. It would just naturally come back. This is probably, I don't know for sure, but it's probably at the core of relationship counseling is to do that evaluation on where the problems are and take it back. And if there is anybody out there who thinks that there is any relationship that maintains the initial alignment, you're just, you're whack. It doesn't work that way. And But it doesn't mean that those relationships that take the natural course of losing that polarity and go to a more neutral state that the couple isn't happy with it, they can be perfectly fine with it. And you might see that in 20, 30, 40, 50 year marriages where they're like, hey, we're great. We we don't care really about those features that are lost on us now because it's not, it's not a priority for us. And their happiness is, has been derived from that evolution in the relationship. So I think as part of that inventory, you really have to ask yourself too, I'm going to say too, also, what's driving it? Is it, is, it a, a, is it a subjective desire for intimacy irrespective of the source? Or is it you have this attract, this untapped attraction, and you want to figure out how you can have it manifest in the relationship? Um. Because if it's the other, if it's the former, then that may need some other attention. And 
it's not to say that there's anything wrong in the relationship with, with you, but this is about or clarity in the context that I'm speaking from assumes that there is a certain quality in the relationship and there is a an attraction that either you want to stimulate, heighten, escalate that, or have some tweak in that, but both partners are, and the relationship is otherwise relatively stable. So, um, given the length of this podcast, I've got to keep it brief, but there is tons of stuff out there. So, if you're a female, I doubt you want to read No More Mr. Nice Guy, although I would say it's probably a interesting and um, illuminating read for anyone. It's really well done um, and could provide some insight on your own relationship and things to talk about. But this will be a cursory survey at some point. Maybe I'll dig into the details of these because I, I really do the tools and some of the stuff that I've read on it and used in my own relationship are very fascinating to me. And um, anecdotally, I know they work. The other thing I would say too, that the unintended consequence is that if you use these tools, and you enhance that quality of your relationship in the way that you intend, it will also elevate your confidence. There's no doubt about it. You, you can largely dispense with some of the aggravation and um, frustration of what's wrong in the relationship because you're improving that. And as you improve that, Confidence escalates in the relationship. And every I hope you know that when things are good in the relationship, it it makes things a lot better in everything else. So looking at my notes again. Sorry, I'm still trying to get this balance. If you're listening on a podcast, you're not seeing me occasionally look at notes, which I don't think I've really done yet. Um, but if you're watching on YouTube, see me glance down really do try to commit it to memory, but okay. So here, given that background, let me give five tips or switches on how to do this. First is doing that assessment. Look at your man, your, your balance of masculine and feminine energy. Understand what the problem is. So if it's intimacy, it's attraction, things within that element of magnetism in the relationship, assess that. Both yourself, actually all three, yourself, your partner, and the relationship. And this does not take a rocket scientist to do this. Be straight with yourself understand where the issues lie and 
I do that evaluation. So hypothetically, if I'm that dude and I'm looking at it and I'm not providing comfort and security, say my role is uh, to have a job and I'm bringing in the cash, am I doing that in a way that makes sense? If my responsibilities around the house are to do certain things, am I doing that? If, um, do I have a strong network of friends and healthy hobbies, things that give her a certain assurance that um, I'm individually empowered and contributing in the ways that I should to the relationship. And then look at her. She feeling herself. She down and out. Something wrong. And is she feeling good about herself? Not. And are you paying attention to her? And I don't mean like, oh, you look so beautiful, things, generic lines. I mean, really paying attention to the details. When you pay a compliment, it is zeroed in on what you're actually complimenting. It's authentic. This stuff does not work if you're not authentic in both the assessment and the delivery and what's being said. That communication is very important. And then when you've done that assessment, theorize what the problems are, where the gaps are. Is it in the communication? What do you guys talk about? Is it negative, just bitching about the neighbors, whatever it may be, bitching about work? Quality of your communication, that's that impresses on both people the relationship and how you view that other person. Do you want to be viewed as a stimulant of positivity in the relationship? As someone who is attractive? Or do you want to be buried in the grapevine and negativity? And it's not that those bit sessions shouldn't exist. They should. But you have to exercise some frame control on what the quality of your communications. And so to steer them right. But theorize where the problems are. Look at that. Do that evaluation. Are you, if you're not having the frequency or quality of sex that you want, why? And do an autopsy on that. Did you ever have it? And where did it start to decline? And think about why. And there are tons of materials out there that you can tap on helping you identify that problem and even solving for it. But that's part of it too. So an assessment of that masculine and feminine in the relationship, and if you need better definition on that, again, there are plenty of resources on what the characteristics are of masculine and feminine and how you assess that in each. But do that assessment. Theorize what the problem is based on that assessment. And then experiment with rebalancing that polarity with the tools. Experiment and have fun with it. This should be fun. Like you're going in and you're trying to stimulate a little, a little attraction, right? Oh, that honeymoon, honeymoon magic. Do that. Get creative. Let her see that different side or that old side. 
expressive. Or if the old side was somebody who was masculine and attractive because of their science or excuse me, their silence and movement. Tap that again. But really look at the connectivity in the relationship, what that looks like now. How are you guys connecting now? And how can you change that to better resemble what you had then? And look, this is not a wholesale rearrangement of that connectivity. You may have kids, you've got different responsibilities. It's a different game. But it doesn't mean that you're constrained to not make any tweaks because you can't. And then tap tools for that experimentation. Looking at the notes on this, but one tool that I used was priming. So if I wanted to have a good evening because we're going to have a date during the day, I'm, I'm priming that. Like when I see her, I might talk about the date, talk about my expectation. I can't wait to see her and dolled up, whatever it may be, or to look at her over the dinner table or a compliment that I can't share on the air. Who knows? And I'm priming it. I'm getting her into that element so that when the day comes, I'm going to pick it right back up. And we've already got some grease towards a great evening together. Now, there's a technique called push-pull that is largely used up in the pickup and dating community. And effectively, what it means is a push is a give, like a compliment, something, or excuse me, I got that backwards. Pull is pulling her in for a compliment or some attractive feature, right? And a push is pushing her away. And the idea there is, is by creating that variation, it, that, that imbalance sparks attraction. And it does. You have to use that really delicately, though. And so I think the way it would work best in relationships is if you're going to give compliments, don't overdo it. Be judicious and respect that by overdoing it, it could have the effect of pushing instead of pulling, but recognize that. And so, and you, and get, get fun with the communications and the interactions, right? Um, I did, like I was looking at some of the push-pull techniques and um, it can be fun as part of your communications. And there are tons of tools they offer. In fact, that was going to be one of my, one of my other points, but it, it those techniques, although predominantly served to the singles market and men, look, they tap the the feature of attract attraction between men and women, and um, can be very very valuable and fun just to inject in an older relationship. So, but I offered the push-pull more for the understanding that it does exist 
push-pull is intrinsic in that polarity. And so if we're overwhelming our partner with our presence, communication, whatever, pull away. Give space. Give time. Particularly if you're together a lot. When you are together, next point is make it quality. Time that you spend together, intentional as well as the communications. So if you're going to prime, make sure that your communications are aimed towards that priming. Building her attraction with you, building the feel-good self-perception about herself. Focus on that because that matters. And if you do that, if that is your aim with the communications, persuasion switch telling you, go back, go to that episode. If you walk in with a purpose and you empathize where she is, what state is she in right now, right? She's doing something around the house. Keep it simple. Her mind's distracted. Give her a quick compliment. But the quality of your engagement is very, very important. And so recognize what you're communicating about so that you can steer the conversation back to something positive or whatever your intention is, right? Very important. The the last tip is paying attention to the details. Attention to your state, attention to her state, And even though that should be done as part of the assessment, it is an ongoing assessment. As you try different techniques and to introduce different qualities in the communications and interactions, take note of what the reactions are and keep applying the same effort. It's not going to happen in a day where you waltz out, you're feeling it, just got back from the gym, flip her a wink, Tell her how hot those shorts look, whatever. It may work. If it does, awesome. If it doesn't, keep doing it. Assess what's going on. Make it authentic. It's disingenuous. She's going to look at it. What? Make it authentic. She may do that anyway. Keep at it. But push pull, right? So pull back a little bit. Small little little bite-sized compliments. But I do think irrespective of the compliments and how you're building attraction, do pay attention to the quality of your interactions. Because if you're just talking about the kids and stuff you have to do, stressors, come on. It's, it's going to pull it out. Um. Where am I on time? Man, I stopped the timer on this thing. I want to be respectful of your time. So maybe I'll have a follow-up episode on this to dive into the details of that a little bit. But I think that at least gives you the framework for one, doing that assessment, understanding the masculine and feminine exist. Read up on that a little bit. And once you do that assessment, Identify where the problem is through that. Experiment 
with different tools on how to fix the problem, how to magnify that polarity, right? And experiment with the different techniques. Like, again, Pickup Artist World, man, you pick up one of those books, there's some things to learn there, like storytelling. It might have been when you guys first started dating, you told a bunch of stories, stories that helped her understand you better and in ways that magnified that attraction. Tell her stories like that again. Make them good. Tap that. So the assessment is not static. You're looking back and you're going to look forward as you continue to assess the relationship. But to recap, assess, theorize on the problems, experiment with how you rebalance that with the different tools, giving you some tools to think about on using that. Last one is watch yourself. Understand where you're lacking and where you can improve. I think most people go right to the physical. I need to get in the gym and bulk up or lose belly fat, whatever it is. I need to do that. Some of it can be psychological and in your communications too. If you're always a grump, what do you expect? If you're always talking about the negative, what do you expect? Use your the beginning of the relationship as a lens or how things may be tweaked now. That autopsy can be really, really effective. And I'm telling you, when you do that autopsy, it can provide a spark for the effort. Remembering those things like, wow, I forgot about that. And if you apply the effort, continue to do it, hopefully you see the rewards. I'm not a love doctor, but hopefully you see it. And if you see those rewards, mm, good stuff. Good, good stuff. And it doesn't mean you can just stop. It's like anything else in life. Got to keep up the effort. And it doesn't mean it won't come with, with, without frustration. But don't go to those surrogates, those easy fixes, like covert contracts, itching and moaning. You know, like you, you don't want pity offerings. Telling him you don't, you don't want your because what happens is you're using a covert contract, she's going to use a covert contract, and next thing you know, you guys are contracting for everything, and that tension starts to boil up. When you have conflict and tension in the relationship, it becomes toxic quick. And toxicity, it's hard to clean that gutter, it really is. It is very, very difficult to do that. Um, it's not that it can't be done, but put the, put the spigot in now, that release valve, that stuff seep out. Start with yourself, start to release that toxicity with the mindset that you want to improve things and on your relationship's terms where there is consent and mutuality and do that dance, pay off. Big smiles, good music. It's all good. All right. Till next time. See ya.